0: listening to real conversations and the brightest marketing minds with Jonathan Weiner and Chuck Austin. This, this is, is Marketing, marketing Unscripted.
1: Unscripted.
0: Unscripted. We are back in the studio today with Cindy Prager, who's the co-founder of Rhythm Systems. Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you. So it's small world, right? We were talking right when you walked in so people we know and how we connected. And then I, you know, I, saw, I got recommended to you, and, and I've known of your company. I was, I've been impressed for many years. And then I'm like, I'm working with your husband's company. Mm-hmm. This is a small world. It sure is. <laughs> Amazing. So for those out there uh, that aren't familiar with your background and what you do and what you're currently doing, tell us a little bit about what you do as well as your company, Rhythm Systems.
2: Yeah, so I'm a co-founder of a company called Rhythm Systems. Uh, we've been around for 13 years in Charlotte, North Carolina. Our clients are all over the world, United States, Canada, Latin America, and English-speaking Europe. And they are the mid-market growth companies. Um, they're the ones that we call the mighty middle market, power of the world. And so what we do with them is we help them to develop their strategic plan, in using our software, we help everyone in their organization stay focused and aligned every single week with our dashboards and stay focused on the work that matters.
0: So how did you go about fi- you know, being the co-founder of this company? Like, Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, uh, it's an interesting story. So I'm, I'm a uh, serial entrepreneur for companies, and my business partner is a serial entrepreneur as well. And it's kind of a funny story because um, I had sold a company, and was actually helping out the Charlotte Mecklenburg school systems, uh, one of the principals had applied for a grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And so we were trying to transform our school into five small themed schools. And I was working on that project, and my business partner today, uh, was very good friends with my husband, who's another entrepreneur. They were at an event. Jim Collins was speaking And Jim Collins is a pretty famous person who wrote um, Good to Great. And he has a philosophy, and his philosophy is people first. Get people on the bus first and then figure out what you're going to do. So they had an exercise. And the exercise was, if you are on a desert island and you're going to start a company and you could pick two people, write it down. So, dun, 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 and they they write it down. And it was really interesting because my husband... He writes down me and he writes down my partner, Patrick. And then Patrick does his big reveal and he writes down me and someone else, <laughs> not my husband, Michael. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is ridiculous. And Patrick had just sold his company and uh, he was thinking, he had a concept of you know, trying to help mid market entrepreneurs. And didn't have a focus on exactly what he was going to do, but based on this people first, he gave me a call. And he said, "Let's go do something." And that's that's how we started.
1: Wow. So, what happened first? Was it the services and consulting to the mid market companies, or did the software come first? How did that come about?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, Patrick had always Patrick's an engineer, uh, Cornell from Cornell, and uh, he's an engineer. He's also an amazing leader um, in business. So he, he's that unique animal that has both. And in his previous companies, he had developed his own software to help his own organization get aligned. And so we started out with, with consulting while we built the software and the software came se- you know, secondly, um, very soon into the organization. And we continued to work on that. So we believe that both are equally valuable um software helps you to get organized, organize your data, serve up the right information, keep you focused. But if you do not put the right plans in, you're going to get crappy plans out.
0: I want to ask you a question I asked uh your husband, Mike Prager, who's the CEO and co-founder of Avid Exchange on camera recently for a different project. Um what what do you find to be the biggest challenge today, X years later to when you first started in your business?
2: So I think this is really typical. Um, you know, I think Michael would share this. And um, I also heard of this of a company called HubSpot that went public. Um, I think this is very true. When you start, the business problems that you have are pretty common. And you need sales. You have no money. <laughs> you need sales. And so you're very, very focused on going and getting your first customers. That's where you focus on. When you grow, you need to be able to have better skills to scale. So yes, you need to sell, but you have customers, you have some cash, you have et cetera. So being able to scale, so when you're small, you'll say yes to everything. You gotta try everything, you gotta get money. I mean, or you die. But when you're a little larger and you have money, you have to be very, very thoughtful about where you make the investments of money, and you have to think about how you're gonna scale. So you have to stop and think less is more. I have to thoughtfully choose. I can't shoot as many bullets because each of the bullets could be million dollar bets. You can't make, you can't lose on that many million dollar bets. So you have to learn the skill to be more thoughtful.
1: Go ahead. You know, I'm sure you have a track record of, you know, successes that you've seen, that you've worked with, but also you've seen the carnage out there. You've seen, the good, bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. you know, um, what are the biggest mistakes that businesses make that they still are ignoring that you, you see out in the marketplace?
2: Yeah. You know, so, you know, we've done over 10,000 growth plans, um, in the last 13 years and through our software, we're able to see all the patterns of what worked and didn't work. So it's pretty interesting research on private companies that, you know, other people don't have optics into. So I, I think there's a couple of things where the pitfalls happen, One is you have to recognize when that change occurs from being small and very focused on sales to scale. And a lot of companies, there's a million books written for startups. There's a million books written for Fortune 500. I challenge you to tell me, what's the book for the mid-market? And so it's not that obvious that you have to invest in skills to scale. So where do you go wrong? A couple places they go wrong is... One, they don't realize that now almost all of the growth initiatives they have, if you want to grow big, there's only a handful of things you can do. You can open new markets. You can launch new products. You can hire you know, new people to help you open channels, et cetera. You can do acquisitions. What's unique about all of those, it requires cross-functional collaboration. Well, when you started... Either you had individuals doing everything, or you went into departments. And so this ability to work cross-functionally, on top of having your departments and doing stuff individually, is very complicated. And if you don't learn how to do that well, you are not going to be successful. You will have tons of chaos, your culture starts to fail, finger-pointing starts to happen, and you just don't know why. So that that's one thing, the recognition that you have to build that skill. It's not that these entrepreneurs can't build the skill. They don't recognize it until you're spinning out of control. That's one thing. Second thing is, as you grow, people are very very busy. Marketing's doing marketing. Sales is doing sales. If you're in software, your dev people are really busy. And you want to grow, and you're at the exec team level, and you're sitting there going, hey, these are great opportunities to grow. Let's do this, let's do that, let's launch this. And then you take that from the exec team level, you go down to all the departments and you dump growth priorities on them. Without taking into consideration, they already have day jobs and you overload them. And people start to feel that burden. They feel like this isn't a fun company anymore. They feel like they're failing. So overloading is a huge issue you have to be cognizant of.
0: Yeah, you, you, you just touched it. You totally went to where I was going next with uh, as far as retention goes. And I think I read this quote one time in, in a book about the cost of an unfilled position or the cost of replacing an employee is, you know, 10 times more than hiring 10 new people. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you get good people and you train them and you build this culture and they're happy, but then this happens because you're growing, you're scaling – What's some tips you can offer the small business owner uh, that to keep, keep retention high or keep your people happy year after year as you go through the things that you're talking about?
2: Yeah, okay. So there are a couple of very practical things, and feel free to visit our website at rhythmsystems.com. There's a ton of free tools here. So um, let's start at the beginning. I think that one of the biggest things that you can do and you should be doing is you should step back as an entrepreneur You should write a list of all the things that have to be done in your organization, and then you should look at who is doing those things. If someone's doing 10 things, maybe they can't do that as well. You may want to reorg how you want to get that done. Once you figure out what are the real jobs in the organization, we suggest you do a job scorecard. A job scorecard, and you can get that on our site, says, what is this position? What do I care about? Why do I care about this position? Who's the one person I'm reporting to? A lot of times, very confusing. <laughs> you think you're reporting to multiple people. Founder and what's supposed to be your boss, et cetera. So it creates a lot of drama. But then you put metrics on that. Here's the three things that you care about, right? Here's the metrics. And then on that job score card are the core values. So when you go out and you recruit, you want to be really, really, really particular about what this position is, how they succeed, And when you are interviewing, you want to interview with patterns. You want to literally ask them, patterns, what did you do at this job? How were you measured, et cetera? And if their patterns map up to your job scorecard patterns, good. If they don't, personality is how a lot of people used to hire, and that can get you into a lot of trouble. You really want to work with the data. Now, the core values will help you make sure that they're aligned to the culture, but it's not just this gut feel anymore.
1: It's behavioral-based interviewing, essentially.
2: It's right. behavioral and skill-based, pattern-based yeah. interviewing.
1: Gotcha. Is the buy-in difficult once you get the executive team on board to really implement this throughout the organization? What's that like?
2: So I would say that it depends, and it's, it, it's hypercritical. If you have a team that is willing to understand that they have to invest in change to be better, you're going to be just fine. If you have a reluctant team that does not, is not open to new things, is not willing to make change when change is hard, is reluctant, you're going to fail. And um, I will tell you that we are very, very particular about that, taking on clients. So if we see that they're reluctant, we know it's not going to work. The CEO must be coachable. The teams must be coachable. If they're not coachable, how are you going to get this throughout the organization?
1: It would seem that the process would also may also reveal things that they may not see. It may be right in front of them that they cannot see problems. And, and then the, the process also may address those things as you're going through. Would that be correct?
2: It's absolutely correct. If you can get clarity on what it is that you want to achieve as a company, what you want to achieve in a department for a department leader, and what you want to achieve as an individual, that is one of the biggest things that CEOs have to do. They are very used to thinking about what's in it for me. They know if they're going to grow, Why do they care? They're all excited. They're going to grow. They might have equity in a company. They might be backed by, you know, PE firms. They're going to make a lot of money. Well, if you go out and you evangelize that to the rest of the organization, think about, you know, someone on staff, why do they care? So they really have to remember that they have three communication paths. Why is it important to the company? And then you better ask every other person, what's in it for me? And if you're not answering that question, you're not going to be able to get everybody on board.
1: Right. So, you know, on the other side of the, the coin, there are the success stories where this has really turned a business around or really pushed it in a, into another trajectory, positive trajectory. Um, without even mentioning names, I mean, is there one that in mind that you have that, that it's really made a huge impact, your systems and your services have made a huge impact on their company?
2: Yeah. I mean, we're really, really proud to say that we can, you know, cite – you know, we have over 100 and something clients. Right. And almost every one of them have moved into top position in their industries. So, you know, whether it's fly fishing, Sims Fishing's number one. You know, Avid Exchange is a client. They're number one in in their B2B financial space. Whether it's in Europe, Frederic Constant, which is like a Rolex over there. Um, they were bought out by Citizen, number one. Whether it's, um, you know, Curriculum Associates and Education, I mean, Almost every single client using our system, they were, they were amazing to begin with. Don't get me wrong. These are amazing people. They had already grown. And if you can think about this, we work with a lot of companies that are at that $10 million. They start with us around $10 million um, in revenue, about you know, 75 to 100 people. If you look at the United States census, there's only 3.2% that make it there. These are the extraordinary winners. They have a lot of impact in the mid market. They're extraordinary, and we keep them extraordinary.
0: Wow, I like what you uh, said earlier about just metrics. Um, I think a lot of businesses, you know, like to think they have metrics or use the word, but they don't. Like, I, you know, it's New Year's, right, Chuck? January. Hey, right. I'm on a diet. I feel better. I look better. Right. Okay, what? Show me some numbers that the scale moved or some body fat changed percentage. Like, let's be real. Like in your business. Did this marketing initiative actually do anything? What did it return? You know, those kind of things. So I like that you guys are all about that. Um, I want to segue over to what we talked about when earlier, your big event um, that you guys put on. Um, talk about, you know, what's the purpose of that? Who gets value? How, how's it going? Where are you, what are you doing this year?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, you know, we're really proud. We've built a pretty amazing tribe. Um, The Rhythm Tribe is built of the biggest and the best in the world of the mid-market growth companies, and so we have a gathering every year in October, um, and it's called the Breakthrough Conference, and that's what it's about. It's a practical working session where we have people that are teaching. We have keynotes. We have people that have come from, you know, Blue Ocean Strategy Uh, They've come, people from Crucial Conversations, they teach, so we have keynotes. And then we have working sessions based on leadership, um, based on running, you know, executing really well, um, and based on our software. And so it's a gathering of these mid-market growth companies and the CEOs and their exec teams and their people that they want to invest in come, and they learn, and they work, and they leave with specific things to get better, but it also gives them the opportunity to talk to each other, talk to peers. These are the best of the best. And so it's really, really exciting. We've done that in our fourth year. Uh, fifth year, was last year, and um, it just keeps getting bigger and better, and we not only invite our clients, but if there are people that are thinking about joining the Rhythm Tribe, you know, we're happy to have them as well.
0: And anything you can share? I know it's early in the planning. You just finished your uh, last year's, just late in the year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Anything that you can share? Uh... Give us a sneak peek that you're thinking about adding this fall. That could it's different or new as far as value.
2: Yeah, you know. Um,
0: Put you on the spot right there.
2: No, that's okay. I mean, we always get feedback um, surveys, and one of the things that um, our clients wanted is they want to hear direct stories from other peers. And so um, we started something called, um, it's like TED Talks, where we actually have our clients come up, and they we have a session of three, and they do what we call breakthrough talks. And it's from their heart. They can talk about anything that they're passionate about, for which they think other people can learn from. And uh, we've done that for a couple of years now. It's pretty amazing. We're really, really excited. And so this year, we had so many people that have been Benefiting from it, they raised their hand. So we got to see how we're going to fit them all in.
0: Isn't it amazing how those stories that aren't unscripted from the heart, how how much impact they have on
2: on people? Right? It's, it's- amazing. And and you know, it's interesting because at Rhythm Systems, part of the culture that we teach um, is transparency. I mean, all of our metrics and all the metrics out there, yeah, they have success criteria. You know, you're green or you're super green. But they also have failure, which is red, and red is really good. If you can be honest and say, "Hey, this is red," and we, as a team, want to help each other get away from red, it's not you that are red; it's the, you know, it's the project of priority. Um, that's really, really created a culture of transparency, openness, and so when our clients, the Rhythm Tribe, comes to the conference, there is no preening or you know positioning; they're really authentic with each other and these you know, breakthrough talks they're very authentic about the good the bad and the ugly
0: i think it's great i mean i would have some experience running events and it, you know picking the training and like these people that prepare these these keynotes and these 80 slides it's like it, it's very scripted but at the end of the day it's the audience remembers how they felt mm-hmm. when they heard it so if it's real and unscripted it's going to penetrate a little harder so kudos to you on that
1: so, you know, with um, with the people that come to these events, are they your current clients? Or are they other people in the mid-market?
2: Yeah. Um, it's predominantly our current clients. Um, and then they bring other entrepreneurs that they think might benefit from the Rhythm community. And then, you know, our sales team may be working with potential prospects right. or people that are interested. Everybody is welcome. But um, the, the content is really built for the mid-market entrepreneurs and the content is curated by the needs of our current clients.
0: So, uh, Cindy, is there anything else you want to share about Rhythm Systems that you haven't touched on that you'd like to let people know about, you haven't talked about yet?
2: Yeah. I, I, I'd just like to leave with one thing is, you know, as a co-founder, here I am and I get this, opportunity, this wonderful opportunity to speak but the real magic at Rhythm Systems is our team. I mean, our team is amazing. Um, we use job scorecards, we um, have common purpose, we have core values, we use everything that our clients use. And I really want to have a shout out to them because they step up every day and let me do my job, which is to lead the company, but boy, every one of them is amazing in their own right. and. Uh, You know, I usually, and all of my emails and everything is hashtag win as a team. So I want to really have a shout out to them and thank them for the journey of 13 years and for the greatness that's to come.
0: Well, I really appreciate you coming in today. I know how busy you are. And we were emailing and I was like, I got to have Cindy, I got to (laughs) get Cindy in the studio. Um, So hi to Mike and your family for us. And uh, we're big fans of everything that you guys are doing. Uh, For someone that wants to reach out uh, for opportunities at Rhythm Systems for your staff or clients, what's the best way they can
2: reach you? They can go to www.rhythmsystems.com and feel free to email me directly. I'd love to hear from people out there. Anyone who has a common passion to, you know, grow, grow to the mid market, grow through the mid market and scale, call me. If I can help you, I will. Um, And if I can, I'll try to connect you with someone that can. So, you know, my email is Cindy, C I N E Y, at rhythmsystems.com.